Welcome to Almost Agreeable. Almost Agreeable. With your hosts, Chris Nellison and Ed Harris. Hang around and listen to opinions on sports, Sports. movies, Movies. music, music, and whatever else pops in our head. of the Almost Agreeable Podcast. I'm Chris, with me as always is Ed, and today we're going to get back into some music. Well, we've done the 60s, 70s, and 80s at this point. We're going to touch on the 90s today, but first we're going to talk a little bit about guitar legend himself, Eddie Van Halen, who passed away last last week, right, uh, after a long battle with cancer. Yeah, Vir- virtuoso. Like, the, the guy was... I mean, he was he was classically trained, um, like he he knew a lot of classical music, and that's actually a thing that happens a lot with some of these virtuosos, some of these guitarists, is that they are classically trained, yeah. and so they understand all these arpeggios, like music theory. It's not like they're just going out and like, oh, I'll just do this and I'm just shredding. It's just they they actually know what they're doing and have studied hundreds of years of music. And I think it's interesting to me. You talk about him being classically trained. I think a, uh, a fact that a lot of people don't know is that obviously he's in the band with his brother, Alex, right, the drummer. Mm-hmm. But when they were growing up, uh, Alex played guitar and Eddie played the drums. And they both kind of realized that one was better at the other than <laughs> yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, Let, let's, I'll tag out. Let's just swap. And then we get what, you know, what we eventually end up with, which is Van Halen, right, through a series of lead singers mainly just the two we have in mind, right? David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. But, I mean, going back to Eddie, um, I'll never forget just the sound of Van Halen 1, right? The sound of his guitar. I can't imagine, obviously, not being alive in the 70s when it came out. But uh, I can imagine that it was a different kind of guitar sound that up until that point you didn't really have. Um, I mean, the closest thing I can kind of equivocate it to as far as like the tone and the sound of the guitar is just kind of the sounds that Iommi used to make with Black Sabbath, and that's only because it sounded weird because of the way his fingertips were, you know, not human. It was weird. It was weird, and so with with Eddie, you have like that that electric guitar sound that became synonymous with, you know, that hard rock of the '80s. Yeah, and it's like they they kind of took what the '70s were doing and really did make it like hard rock because like the 70s is i mean now classic rock but at the time it was just rock to them and then they kind of took it and turned it into something a little bit harder so like they they didn't really go like the metal way i wouldn't say they were metal i wouldn't say they were any kind of like glam i wouldn't say they were glam no i i I couldn't say they're glam either i I would just say that they kind of took that just kept going with it and it was just hard rock at its core Right. I mean, you think about probably the shows they played back then and the crowds that would go to them. I know my dad, for instance, for sure, both my parents actually, uh, I've actually seen Van Halen. Yeah. So that was actually my first concert was uh, 2008, Staples Center in L.A., Van Halen with David Lee Roth. And, I mean, talk about David Lee Roth another time, but Eddie just still shredding. Yep. Like nobody's business. No. Um, so, I mean, it's really sad, obviously, but, uh, we, you know, we can celebrate his life by just continuing to listen to his music, which even in the days of Sammy Hagar was still pretty good. It wasn't bad. 
I can get down with a few songs in the Hagar era, but I'm more of a of a pre Hagar Van Halen fan myself. But I mean, he he had some of the most iconic songs, parts. I mean, Eruption. If you just think about that, I mean, like that's just going right to the top. I understand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you talk about like Cathedral. Yeah. And and like just like the the weird things he did on those albums where it you know there's no other instruments. It's just him doing crazy stuff. I think I had a resurgence of interest in the way he played guitar when I when I got Van Halen Guitar Hero. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And I, I had to like start listening to all of it again because obviously you don't... It, playing Guitar Hero is, is nothing, right, compared to actually playing the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> but I still get a sense. I'm just like, what the fuck? That, what? How? Yeah. You know? How? Yeah. And then... I mean, you know, we've played it together, and it's just it's always a blast. Um, but he, he really... We, I mean, we talked about this on the 80s one, him playing guitar on Beat It, that solo. Yeah. Crazy. Iconic. That is the perfect word for it. I don't know how else you could describe it, but, like, imagine, like, knowing that or seeing that, like, these two monsters of their own respective craft. genre. Yeah, their craft coming together and making one of the best songs of all time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's a tribute to the star power of both of them combined, but even if you take away that clout that was with them both, that song has stood the test of time. Um, anyone in any genre of music, whether they hated pop or, you know, didn't like that kind of stuff, knows that song. Can appreciate that Van Halen was playing guitar on it, and realize like, damn, like this is, hey, this is a bop. Yeah, that's what <laughs> it was, and that's just like, is a tribute to, to his diversity, I guess, right? Because you, what do you put yourself in the '80s and be like, yeah, yeah, Van Halen, like, almost kind of like a hair metal type of deal, with just the, in the sense that they play hard rock and they have long hair. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. And uh, it's it's basically like. I, w I would equate them to, I guess, a similar sound as, not not quite the same, of course, but as Def Leppard. Like, not quite metal. Just hard rock. That's, that's all it was. Yep. And then to think about that, and then that, what they were playing, what they were doing, what they were known for, and then he comes and does this kind of crossover, um, which at that time doesn't happen. Like, this is before, like, you have, you know, rappers in the late 90s, early 2000s, rapping over rock songs or, you know, featuring a uh, legendary guitarist like that. That wasn't happening a whole lot. Yeah, when did Walk This Way come out? I, who cares about Aerosmith? Oh, okay. 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 Yep. <laughs> not the biggest Aerosmith fan. I, I guess I, uh, sorry, I'm not sorry. Dude, who knows? I can dream on. I... The only, stop. The only good thing Steven Tyler ever did was, was have Liv Tyler as a daughter. That's it. Jesus, dude. Yeah. Aerosmith is good. Yeah. Whoa. Like, so you're just going like Aerosmith is bad. Just straight up like, just bad. Yeah. Yikes. That's okay, we can have a whole thing on this. Good. I like that. Okay. New topic. Right. Um, well, just, yeah, what you can, I mean, we just kind of piggybacking off of Van Halen. You know, his second part of that band was a stint with Sammy Hagar that went into the 90s, which is kind of a good segue because th that, the music they played into the 90s was, I wouldn't say 100% different, but a lot different than what they were playing when they were with Daily Rock. Yeah. So you bring in a kind of more a pro progressive style of rock, the 
Eddie starts dicking with the keyboard a lot, or a lot more. Yeah. Than uh, the guitar. And Hagar's energy, his vibe is just completely different too. It is. And it kind of gets drowned out by this new movement we get in the early 90s that's kind of based out of Seattle. Yeah. Right? We, we start getting this grunge. Yeah. With the, the bands that, you know, everyone knows today. If you go into Hot Topic, you can find 90 different Nirvana shirts. Yep. In there. And so it's like, you have Nirvana, uh, Pearl Jam came out of that scene, um, Soundgarden. I mean, mainly Chris Cornell, like, you know, obviously big big names in grunge. And yeah. And Allison Chains. Yeah. So that movement by itself. You know, for the long for the longest time, I thought it was Allison Chains. Really. Very long time. It's like I I mean you would never know unless you actually look at the word. Yeah. But I was like, oh yeah, Allison Chains is dope. <laughs> I always, when I was a kid, because like that was right when I was like a child, <laughs> and I was always like, someone's in chains. <laughs> I just kept picturing like dudes singing in chains. This is just my warped little young mind. You can't comprehend band names. I'm taking it literal. Good. But I guess I want to talk about some of the vocalists in that movement, right? Like Chris Cornell, obviously. Um, and Lane Staley, I think, is my favorite vocalist from that from that movement. And, you know, what's the list now? Who's who's still alive? Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder, that's it? That's it. Because we lost, what, Scott Milan too? Yep. No Lane Staley. Chris Cornell's gone. Yep. Protect Eddie Vedder at all costs. That's all we have left of the this couple year grunge movement. I mean, I, I, it wasn't even the full 90s. No. I was like 93, 94, 95. Like, it was mid-90s, and that was really it, but it took over. I mean, I, I, know, I have a lot of friends who really don't like Nirvana or care, like, or don't, they just don't think Nirvana is that good. But it's the same kind of thing as the Beatles. It was just the kind of movement that was started. And it wasn't, I don't think, I wouldn't say it was started by them, but they all kind of came up together and Nirvana kind of became the forefront of that because I would say what happened to Kurt Cobain. Well, they were still big before that. Yes, they were. But the cult following, following his death, um, whether you want to call it a suicide or a murder, that's a conversation for a different time. Uh, following his death, obviously the cult movement, the cult following grows exponentially. Yeah. Um, he becomes immortalized because also he was 27, he's part of that club. Yeah. And so I can see what you're saying there, but also I feel like while he was still alive, they were still kind of the poster boys for that grunge movement. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I can agree with you, too. I don't think they were that good either. It's all about what they were doing and the new shift in what was popular or in pop culture at that time. It was, it was kind of that Gen X just not as self-deprecating as, like, the newer generations or anything, but it was just kind of, like, realizing, like, the world is on their shoulders and grunge kind of hit them with that and was just, like, it's it's something they could all relate to. Right. There's a lot of whining and complaining. Yeah. And that's what, that, hey, I'm feeling that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I yep. can get on that train. Yep. And that's just kind of where we get that and why we play why it exploded so big. But, I mean, I don't know. I think of that, of, if we're going to say, like, the movement is what? Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. I think, Chains. I think the most successful, or maybe just my favorite of that group, is, I said Lane Stale is my favorite vocalist from it, but, like, Chris Cornell, I think, endured yeah. the most. I mean, Pearl Jam, you can, you can make an argument. Because Eddie Vedder's still alive. Eddie Vedder, yeah. But, but uh, 
just what Chris Cornell had went and went on to do after that, right? He has stints with Audio Slave and solo projects, and was an influence on a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you get bands coming out in the early two thousands that are direct influenced and directly influenced by these guys, particularly Chris Cornell. Yeah, and I I really do enjoy the grunge sound and feel and everything to it too. It just it just has such like a nostalgic vibe to it. Like every time you listen to it, I feel like it just puts you in a certain mood or a specific time in your life even. Yeah, I that's so accurate because you could play a Nirvana song or a Pearl Jam song and it does take me back to when, you know, six, seven-year-old, five, six, seven-year-old Chris running around singing songs they know what they, no idea what the hell they meant, <laughs> thinking someone's in chains, thinking how gardens are making sounds, I don't know, just being weird. But can place myself in that and be like, yeah, I, I dug that music when I was a child, and I can appreciate it today as an adult. Yeah. Who else we got from the '90s, man? I mean, well, I the '90s really like as we're going on with music, I I we keep talking about more and more, and it's harder and harder to fit, you know, everybody that we would want to talk about in an episode. But like the '60s, of of course, there's still a plethora of artists. I mean, going back to the 40s, 30s, there's still, like, a plethora of artists. Um, but picking up in the 60s, that's when it becomes a little bit more iconic and you can... Pick s- out these pick bands, out, yeah. these movements. But now it's getting harder to do that because the more we go on, the wider the scope of music just becomes. Right. And so, like, I mean, in, in the 90s, like, in, in the 80s, we talked about it in the last music episode that rap was... Coming in, yeah, like you, you had the Sugar Hill Gang, you had um, and the start of NWA, you had Public Enemy, so you had some of these groups that were fantastic. I feel like the '90s just blew; it took that to another level. Right, like it, you had NWA in the beginning of that, but then you also had them break away and then do all their solo stuff. Right, you have Dre. Yeah, you have Ice Cube. You have Easy E. I mean, the crazy thing to think about is like, yeah, we get NWA, we get all these guys together for a kind of a short period of time. Honestly, yeah. And then they all go out and do their own things and be kind of, they kind of become like the forefathers of rap, like really, really making it, like making, putting, being a staple in the music scene. Because then you get Dre and then Dre's finding all these other people. I mean, Dre eventually finds Eminem. And he just becomes a producer, like, and he, he, Dre is pinnacle to the game, like, he has some really good songs. He does have some good albums and lyrics, but he is pinnacle to what he's he's shaped rap a lot right. today. Because he also finds what Snoop. You get Tupac coming out in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. You know, and, and this is back when it was Puff Daddy. Yeah. Not P Diddy or Diddy, where the hell he yeah. goes by he's nowadays. He's had too many names. Yeah. What the hell? Uh, but yeah, it just like even. I mean, literally, we just talked about NWA and talked about, like, four or five different things about them. And that's just NWA. And then you talk about Biggie and Tupac, and it starts this whole East Coast, West Coast thing. Right. And we see violence. Like, legit legit violence. Yeah. Like, of course, there's always been gang violence, but now it's, like, about music. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brought into... Music is brought into the violence, and violence is brought into the music. Right. And so, you know, you end up... Tupac gets killed. Biggie gets killed. Which happened first? Tupac. Tupac. Tupac died first, yeah. right? I've actually been to that corner of Mingo and Coble mm-hmm. many times. 
It's not that far from the fucking strip, man. It's really not. It's right there. It's right, yeah. Like, dude probably just left. I don't know where he's coming from, but he probably was <laughs> just on the strip, drove up, like, not even a quarter mile, and then was, bang, you're dead. It was right there, yeah. So, and then Biggie, of course, passes um, away. And, yeah, and so you have those two, and they just spark, they, they really sparked a lot of... I mean the progress that we're seeing today, and like, but even even before that, we had you know a tribe called Quest, who was just kind of like, it was hip hop, it was it was hip hop, and I I love a tribe called Quest, and in the same time frame you also have Nas, Nas, who like, I I think I I know this it, it I'm okay so this kind of works in tandem okay because you're saying the best debut album all time is Van Halen. Whoa, 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 whoa. can we can you before you continue? I think I know you're going with this because I think that I know you're going with this. I just want to say that Illmatic is probably the greatest rap album of all time. Okay, go ahead. The, okay, that. <laughs> okay, go ahead, that's it. I I do think Illmatic is the greatest debut album of all time. Well, here's the crazy thing: is that like it's so wild to me. You said that as soon as you start bringing up Van Halen, because I do think that Van Halen is the greatest debut album of all time. But then it's like we talked about earlier how it just gets so big, the genres just keep kind of getting bigger and being mainstays. And I kind of forget, like I don't think I can classify greatest debut album uh, genre wide. It's hard. Yeah. So like as far as rap albums, not even just the greatest debut album of all time, the greatest rap album of all time, Illmatic. The greatest debut album, I'm still gonna stick with Van Halen one. <laughs> I have to. And. That's I gotta even you know I don't even think about it. You're right. Like now I'm gonna have to fight with myself. It's it's hard. Like that's what that's what we've been saying. Like music just expands, and I mean we we even get into different like kinds of groups. Like then we have a a bunch of this alternative. Like the '90s honestly is like when Pantera took hold, and that's like alternative metal. Right. And so we just have all of these different types of alternative bands. Like we have Sublime, we have Rage Against the Machine, we have Pantera, and it's just. Different types of music and... Right, Counting Crows. Yeah, it's harder to classify it. Like, what what do you classify each of these bands as? Because right. they're kind of this and they're kind of that. And, like, like, while this is going on, you still have Ozzy making music in his solo. As, still. As Ozzy. Yeah. And that's still and that music's still doing good. So, yeah, the 90s is, a, is an odd decade of music. Yeah. And it's just so broad. And I'm just so glad that I can appreciate all these different genres. I guess the only genre I'm not ever going to talk about is probably country. Yeah, that's that's that doesn't really have a place on our uh, podcast yeah. except for Johnny Cash. Which could you know that's another conversation for another time? Let's not do that. Johnny Cash's country, yeah. but so who would you say in the '90s? Like, are there any? I have one in my head, but solo artists, pop artists, because I know we've been talking about Bam. basically everything but pop. Right. Because, like, that's usually what we're, we're going with is, like, bands, or now we're into rap, so that's individual artists. Right. But, like, now talking about pop. Well, I mean, I guess Madonna and Prince are still making music. So is Michael. Yeah, yeah. And so that's all still happening. God, this decade is, is so rich it's, with, with yeah, music. It's expansive. Uh, solo artists. I mean, fuck. I probably, because I'm on the spot, can't think of anything, but you're going to say the one that's in your head, and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but I, I was thinking of... Britney Spears. Uh, yeah, right at the end of the 90s, that's, yeah, she came on the scene. That's not who I'm thinking of, okay. but it is another female. Christina Aguilera. Nope. Mariah Carey. <laughs> Mariah Carey! Bro, God, you know it's almost fucking Christmas, and we're going to have to hear this woman. Oh, fuck, you're right. All the time. <laughs> uh, it's coming. Christmas is coming. <laughs> 
That's more ominous than winter is coming. It really is. God, I'm so... When you put it in that regard. Like, there are probably, I would say, two to three times a year when that song plays, and I fucking love it, though. Probably the first two or three times. It's, it's... The first, it's not, it's never the first time. It's never the first time. Because I remember and I'm like, oh, fuck this song. But it's probably a couple times later I'll hear him like, hell yeah, all I want for Christmas is you. Do you remember <laughs> when we went to Leavenworth for the lighting festival? And it was like snowing and we were really drunk. We were, we were drinking all those, uh, we kept getting growlers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had like five growlers yeah. between like, only three of us were drinking. Yeah, it was, it got... <laughs> Yeah. That was one of those times where that song came on and I was hype about it. And it was a banger. It was so good. It was one of the best things. I was actually enjoying it that time. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I can go with I can roll with that. Mariah Carey, yes, 90s. That was her That was her decade, really. Uh, yeah, straight up. I mean, like, she had some hits after that, but, like, she she tore it up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was all her. Yeah. And then, like, you get, the, I mean, you get Britney and Christina because of, because of Mariah, probably. Yeah. And then we also have boy bands in the night. Damn it, that's what I was going to say you know, next. Honestly, it was locked in my head right for the next I thing. I wanted to bring it up before you brought up solo artists. Ah. So I was just waiting to get to fucking... I mean, Backstreet Boys, obviously. I mean, I have no fucking shame. I don't care. Say what you will. I, I'll get down to some Backstreet Boys and some NSYNC. Everybody... <laughs> no, but honestly... I really wish this is, we had fil- uh, video so everyone could see my face. Like, we've had male groups before. Right. We've had male groups before, but it's not quite the same as what the 90s brings to the table. These boy bands are a completely different breed. I mean, you have, like, I wouldn't wouldn't say boys to men is a boy band, but I would say, like... like, R&B, like, artists, like... Yeah, but, like, 98 Degrees. 98 Degrees. Uh, why the fuck can I not think it? Uh, something on the block. New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block. That's... That's... That's 80s. It's 80s, but it, it really did lead the way. Who was who, who the boy group that sang In about... Sync and Backstreet Boys yeah, is, yeah. like, the shit. There was also another one. They had, like, one hit, uh, and they... And the, part of the chorus was New Kids on the Block. And it's like... Uh, hold on. I really want to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. New kids on the block. Yeah, <laughs> for the summer. Makes me for the summer. Yes, yes, <laughs> so yes. Good. They had that, that one song and they were just gone. And that was it. That was the whole thing. Uh oh, we had Spice Girls in the nineties, bro. Oh shit, you're right. You ever watched Spice World? Maybe when I was like young as fuck. Dude, I watched the shit out of Spice World. That is a dope ass movie. Can we get drunk and watch it? I, yeah. I can't remember anything about yeah, it. Yeah, we can do that. Spice World is Spice World uh, is an OG. Like, can't be can't be replaced. Can you name all the five Spice Girls? Scary Spice, Sporty Spice, Baby Spice, Posh, that's all Posh right. Spice, Ginger Spice, and Ginger Spice. Ginger Spice fucking, was my jam. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> okay, I want you to name all the band members of Backstreet Boys. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've got nothing. I always make... I don't know, honestly. I honestly don't even remember which one Justin Timberlake was in. But I know there's a... I know there is a Lance Bass. That's NSYNC. Okay. I know there's a Joey Fatone. That's uh, that's NSYNC. And there's a Justin Timberlake? That's NSYNC. Oh, shit. 
You're, just, you're naming insane. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> you're missing a couple, but those are like the three names. Oh, shit. Okay. I don't know who the fuck's in Backstreet Boys, then. Isn't it like uh, Nick Carter? Oh. No, that's a brother. Aaron Carter. Aaron. No, that's the brother. Nick Carter's in Backstreet Boys. Aaron Carter's his little brother who oh, had like a little shit. side project. You're right. Off. I want candy, dude. <laughs> Get the fuck out. God, this is taking me back yeah. to the 90s. Oh, man. We're, we're going on a... And then 90 Degrees had the dude who was married to Jessica Simpson. Nick Lachey. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But I mean, boy bands. Boy bands. You, you love them, you hate them. Boy bands change, <laughs> change the world. Yeah. If y'all ever in the mood to like listen to some 90s uh, like bangers and have some beer while you're doing that, I suggest going on YouTube. There's a video on there. It's uh, 90s Power Hour. <laughs> mm. Okay, if you ever played Power Hour, uh, probably don't if you're my age. But also, play Power Hour while listening to that playlist on YouTube. There's like a minute for each song. They play a clip of it. And it's all 90s bangers, and like half of them are in sync and Backstreet Boys. Yeah. And it's by the time you get to them, you gotta, you know, drink a beer the whole time and feel it. You're vibing. Vibing. You're vibing the whole time. But it's, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the, it's the specific age group that we were in. Like, you can look back and think like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna always vibe to that. And that could be this, it's kind of the same thing as like newer generations and like Justin Bieber. What? I, w- I would say it is the same thing. Uh, can we use, like, a different example? Like, like, can we just not go there? Can we just keep talking about the 90s? Because Eminem was in the 90s, right? We call that deflection. Barely. Barely. <laughs> when is... He when released is, He released his... Hi, slim, my name is. He rele- Yeah, he released slim his Slim Shady, Shady LP. LP in 99. 99? Cool, we're counting. Count it. Count it. Count okay. It. We're, we're really saving it for the 2000s. Because all his mixtape but... stuff, though, is... When like when Dre found him, that's all like nice. That's nice. That's Eight Mile Eminem. That's yeah. Like true. Like actually still living in Eight Mile Eminem. Yes. And that that kind of starts like rap as we kind of know it today. Like because in in and then what I mean by that is like when you listen to like N.W.A. Dre, Cube, Easy E, um, Nas, those guys, it's about like where they grew up and how you know hard it was coming up in their environment and stuff like that. It's a poetic story. Right. And then with Eminem comes on the scene, he kind of hits all that, but also just is talking shit about everyone and just being vulgar and fucking terrible, and I loved it. It's a it's a different style that we haven't seen before, because, like, of course, that's, like, in the 90s, it's like, oh, my God, rap is a devil because they're talking about this stuff. They're talking about gangs and drugs, drugs and, and killings. And, and Eminem, you know is talking about his life as well, but it's in, it has a lot of humor to it. And it's a completely different vibe than what people are used to listening to. Like, it's still very real, but people just... We can get into that when we get to the 2000s, really. I guess you're right. It was just on the cusp of the new millennium. Um, So, you know, we can save Eminem for the next decade, but... Yeah. And so, like, just so much is going on, like... I know we've left out some. You think of any? Like, I mean, we hit heavy hitters like we usually do in these in these episodes. And I feel bad when I look back in retrospect when you know I listen to the episode. I'm like, oh, we didn't even talk about these guys. Like, who who are we not talking about? There's always somebody we missed. I mean, like we we literally said the names: Britney Spears, Rage Against the Machine, and Sublime. Green Day. Gre- oh God, Green Day. Yeah, Green Day. but like it's it's all all of those bands are all and artists are all iconic. But it's it's hard to get all of those people into. 
you know, this time slot and be able to talk about them extensively. That, and that's the biggest thing is like we, if because if we brought up all these bands, I'd want to talk about them in, with so much depth, and we just is impossible for us to do. And that. I, I, I guess it's really just we're just talking about the '90s. You know, it's not like we're focused on one band or the other. It's really we're just covering the '90s, and you know, of course, we had to start out talking about grunge. Like you have to. That that's is the, with 90s. the '90s. Yes. Yeah. That is the '90s, so it's it's hard to not just immediately go there. But then we have a lot of pop, like coming out and boy bands, and then we alternative have alternative. So it's, it's like it's, it's like, a, and that's like the the child of grunge, right? You get grunge, yeah. and then it evolves into this alternative, and you get bands like Green Day and Matchbox Twenty, and yeah, <laughs> those guys. Yeah. Oh. Well, I I. You know, could talk about the '90s forever, but uh, I guess I would really like to hear uh, kind of hot routes you got for me. All right, I got some hot routes. Hot route, everybody's favorite segment. It's definitely mine. All right, so for our first hot route, it's a three-parter. Okay. It's a three-parter. Yeet. Just let me ask it, and then think about it, and then you know get to it. So. Eddie Van Halen is a god, a god. Personally to you, all right, this is three parts. Personally to you, what is your favorite solo of his? What do you think his best solo is? And then which solo do you think is the most iconic? And maybe not even solo, just a favorite riff or song or solo. I'm going to start with most iconic is his most iconic riff is running with the devil. Yeah. Like, you know, step away from just the beginning where but like just the just the riff for the entire song. Yeah. is iconic enough like when you hear that, you know it's Van Halen by his sound. You know that's one of their biggest songs. It was on their debut album. It's the first song in their it's, debut album yeah. like. And so that it starts out his legacy. That for me is is most iconic. And then the other two were my favorite and then his best. His best solo is probably eruption yeah and like i can you i mean it, it is in all intents and purposes it's a solo but on the album on the debut album it's just like a song yeah like, <laughs> yeah you get to it and it's just eruption and it's just it's just him it's pure shredding right and my favorite it's gotta be somebody get me a doctor Ooh, very good. Somebody get me a doctor. We're still going to handle it too, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I was not thinking you were going to... What I had in my head, what I thought you were going to go with, was Atomic Punk. Oh, uh, okay. No, that, I crossed my mind. Because I, <laughs> I was just going to tell you before you said that, like, it could be Atomic Punk. All right. But it's, it's someone get me a doctor. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that when they fucking played that when I saw them... Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And never have I seen my dad get so into a fucking show and screaming, <laughs> somebody get me a doctor. But then, you know, just listening to it on the, on the studio, like on the album, it's also great. I love that solo. It's a great solo. And then to hear it live, just kind of, that cements it as my favorite. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, so for Hot Route number two, we've been talking about, like, how wide this the music really spans, like how it just keeps growing and growing and growing. So would you say, um, is there... Like that, there is a most or extremely influential band or artist or anybody in the '90s. Like, if if you had to pick, is is there a like this is the '90s? Well, I mean, an easy answer would be to say grunge and any of those bands. So I'm gonna I'm gonna step away from that. 
because you have a band in the 90s, Sublime, who goes on to influence like this reggae rock rap for until today. Like my favorite band today is the Dirty Heads. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they still play shows with, with Sublime, with Rome. They're on tour with those guys a lot. But then you get bands like Revolution and Slightly Stupid. Pepper. Pepper. There's one more that I, I can't fucking think of. <laughs> but it's, I mean, there's, there's whole festivals dedicated to this style of music. Right, and that's, what I'm, that's, and that's what I'm saying, essentially. is like, if it's not grunge, which is an easy answer, obviously, I'm, I, I, wanna, I don't want to take an easy out. It, it's sublime because of everything. And like, Bradley also immortalized because he's dead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely sublime, for sure, from, from the 90s. Oh, yeah. I, I dig it. I dig it. That's a good answer. Wasn't expecting that. So, like, we, we've been talking about, you know, now 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, 60s, you could say Beatles, 70s, Led Zeppelin, 80s, Michael Jackson, 90s, now, you know, Sublime. And so, so that's just, you know, the specific artists that you could associate with these decades. But we also know that, like, drugs are pretty synonymous with music. So what would you say the 60s are... Like, let's go through all the decades, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, what drug of choice would you say is the 60s? Okay. In the 60s, it's it's marijuana. Straight up. Straight up. Okay. Because 70s is psychedelics. Okay. It's like shrooms, LSD. See, I would swap those. <sighs> yeah, well, because I, I, you could say psychedelics for both decades. They kind of were. Yeah. They kind of were. But I, I, I generally, because the 60s are the tamest of uses okay so then we get to the 70s it's it's more accepted in in the rock star mm. lifestyle okay and then we get to the 80s it's very obvious it's cocaine okay <laughs> that's <laughs> it's naturally cocaine. and then the 90s is heroin <laughs> the 90s is the 90s is fucking heroin yeah <laughs> so yeah that's through the decades it's yeah it's, it's like a, a world tour of drugs it's a world tour of drugs like you're just Getting high through the decades. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Had to finish out with a with a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that was that was fun. I uh, love talking about music. You know, we got the two thousands coming eventually, but uh, really a good time to reflect on one of my personal favorite guitarists, Eddie Van Halen, and then talk about you know the genre of music I grew up in. Yeah. Uh, I am a '90s kid. You're a '90s kid too. So. A lot of that music that we talked about just now, but we grew up listening to, kind of influenced the way we listen to music and who we listen to, you know, in 2020. Yeah, it's it, it really is, like, just guides us, like, what we used to listen to as kids. It's going to shape what we want to listen to or are used to listening to now. So. so, as always, I'm Chris. I'm Ed. This has been Almost Agreeable. Thank you for listening to another episode of Almost Agreeable. You can catch all new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Almost Agreeable.